time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. For many, the pandemic infused us with multiple forms of stress. We are left with a deep sense of loss, leading to grief and perhaps a feeling of depression. The Center for Disease Control reports that during August 2020 through February 2021, that the percentage of adults with symptoms of an anxiety or depressive disorder increased significantly from 36.4% to 41.5%, and I believe presently it's even higher. I'm Dr. Susan Taylor, and today we'll discuss how to ride the wave of depression. During the past few weeks, I've been hearing a continual theme. I feel tired, wiped out, depressed. When is this going to end? After this past year and longer, feelings like grief, depression, anger, or despondency have left behind physical, emotional, and mental fatigue. Depression is becoming epidemic as the pandemic is drawn out when people must spend more time alone, limited in their movement, uncertainty about the future, and challenged with the vibrations of the tumultuous undercurrent that's currently present. It affects us all, whether we're young, old, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, employed, unemployed, it just doesn't matter. All of us are getting affected. To counter it, antidepressant drugs are being prescribed in ever-increasing amounts, with new variations being introduced into the market. Yet, the problem of depression continues to increase, even with more medications available. Why is this so? Because depression is not necessarily a drug deficiency, although medications can help. Depression is rooted in deeper aspects of our being. I can attest to this. So what's the cause of depression and how can we effectively treat it? The human mind is extraordinarily complicated, which is why it's a big part of what makes me love what I do so much. I think that people can become depressed for lots of reasons, and I don't feel that we should reduce human consciousness to a serotonin or dopamine receptor. It's very limiting to understanding depression and other issues like anxiety and even post-traumatic stress disorder. Although receptors down the line do become affected, in many cases, they're not the root cause. So I don't want to get sidetracked here down the neuroscience pathway. Today I'll focus on depression. But it's not the only type of thing that a person can struggle with with regard to mental health. But it is quite prevalent now and quite acceptable when we hear someone say, I'm depressed in a conversation. People can become depressed for lots of reasons. And I think very rarely it starts as a result of what we call chemical imbalance. A big part of the reason why, you know, people even think that it's the cause of depression as being caused by, you know, a chemical imbalance. 
And that's because we don't regulate pharmaceutical advertising in the United States. And they are in a privileged position of being able to say, and in many cases, do whatever they want, which really makes the general public think that something like depression is a result of chemical imbalance. You know, the advertisements that we get, depression causes pain, depression hurts, and our medication can help without serious side effects. Well, this becomes promising to one's ears, especially anyone who's dealing with depression. Keep in mind, I'm not saying that medication is negative, but it really needs to be put in its proper place and be used wisely. I think we do have a problem with stress-related mental health issues because we're living in an era where people are stressed out. Financial, isolated, lonely, overworked, underpaid for current expenses that we're, we see ever increasing, distress from loss of loved ones, poor relationships, or even something that was something so dear to them has been lost. Any of these reasons, creating that feeling of vulnerability. Stress is very real and it can be very debilitating. Now there are many explanations, some very informative and insightful. However, let's look beyond complicated theories or chemical analysis. As I've said, it's not a deficiency in a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, just like anxiety is not a deficiency in benzodiazepines. So what is it already? What causes depression? Looking for anything on the outside to make us happy is really not the way to go. To put it simply, according to yoga science, which is the root of where my training is, the cause of depression is excessive stimulation. It's, we're overstimulated. In traditional Chinese medicine, it's considered a deficiency or an excess. But when I speak about depletion, it will fit into either model. I will focus on depletion occurring from too much excess because we've trained our minds to depend on being engaged continually by our senses. Remember, our senses are employed by the mind to experience the outside world. We stimulate our mind with our senses to the point of confusion and exhaustion. And of course, the brain, as you know, transforms itself with each and every habitual thought and emotion. The more we depend upon external stimulation to make us feel happy and uplifted, the more depressed we're likely to become over time. And really, I can attest to this. I've been doing an experiment checking Facebook twice a day. I found that my level of happiness began to decline. And over time, which I was able to stop, I did it as an experiment, but over time, if we continue to do this without that awareness, our brains will change, keeping us depressed. If you feed it, it will become depressed. So I mentioned depression is a result of overstimulation. Let me just explain this for a moment. Whenever any stimulation happens, we become used to it. It reduces our ability to withdraw from being depressed because we become so, let's say, addicted to this stimulation. We will feel a withdrawal syndrome whenever we pull away from it because we've become dependent on what that stimulation does to energize our nervous system. Stimulation always causes some degree of addiction. This includes 
that media stimulation. That's what happened when we were locked down during the pandemic. We were all, including myself, on social media, computers, teaching on computers, because that seems to be the new way. Even any social activity of any various type, any of this can cause an addiction, as well as drugs that act as stimulants. Think about your physical diet. We use chocolate. I love chocolate. Coffee, tea as a pick-me-up. It's a stimulant. It works on our dopamine receptors, our frontal cortex, and our brain. That doesn't say that we don't enjoy these, but we have to be aware of how much stimulation we're encountering. Again, I know from experience, when I get engaged in text messaging or email too early in the day, my day is gone. It's done. Energy is gone within two hours and I lose my creativity, my creative flow. I become depleted. Also, over time, we're likely to become bored or depressed with any type of stimulation as repetition of anything causes us to lose our interest. And I always use this in a live class or when I teach online now. I'll say, think about the last time you bought something. Most of the pleasure comes from focusing on the research. Once you acquire that which you've researched, the uplift is short-lived. And then what do we do? We search again for that next available thing to purchase. And with this, we can say the threshold for any stimulation to affect us gets even higher as we regularly experience it. That's why we always need new forms of stimulation. A simple example of this with that threshold is when you have caffeine, the first time you've ever had a cup of tea or coffee or even a piece of chocolate, you get that high feeling. But over time, you need more and more. And over time, over a real long period, you don't get that high feeling, that stimulation anymore. You become totally depleted. The system becomes depressed. Also, we have to keep in mind that depression is rooted in our lifestyles of looking outwardly for happiness and recognition. Some of us may feel depressed at the unhappy state of the world today and the many new dangers of the coronavirus. It's a corona era, you know, and so that could also create because we're looking to the outside again and that stimulates us for the inside and we become depressed. So why looking at depression as merely a problem in brain chemistry is keeping us from healing is because it keeps us from looking at our behavior or life circumstances to address the depression itself. So the last point I want to make about this is drug-based medicine tells us that we're not responsible for such brain chemistry imbalances. It's almost like a quick fix. Now, again, I'm not saying drugs are bad or medications are bad. What I'm saying is we have to just recognize what we're being responsible for. Sure, we're born with certain brain chemistry, and some of us are more predisposed to feeling depressed or anxious. But our brain chemistry can depend on many factors that are even beyond our control, namely if we talk about genetics. However, we do have some control. That's my point here. And that's why I've been a proponent of the epigenetic model, where we can see how our behaviors and environment can cause changes in the way our genes are expressed and how our biochemistry works. This is scientifically proven. I'm not making this up. Our ability to control or improve our own health and well-being is available to us. 
we must move beyond believing that we are just brain chemistry. It's a brain chemistry imbalance or not imbalance and that we're not responsible and must be dependent on external influence. We want to not do this because we don't want to become victims of our brain chemistry and lose vision that we are a human being with a human soul. We have that opportunity in our life to change, but it requires that we take responsibility to create our own happiness. And I had to learn this. And I continually day in and day out incorporate habits and practices to support my own happiness gene, if you will, we'll call it a gene, the happiness gene. It has to be practiced every day. I'm a human being just like all of you out there. And I have to practice this every day. And here are some facts you need to know before I get on to what those steps would be. Depression can be lifted with lifestyle changes. Most depression is behavioral based. Our wrong lifestyles of excessive activity, overstimulation, and our dissociation from the world of nature leaves us depleted and depressed. When we dissociate and we become so tied to our electronic device that we don't enjoy and breathe in the beauty of nature. Yoga science teaches us that the quality of our energy is a factor. So we have to use calm and focused energy to really be happy as opposed to aggressive and stimulated energy. When we rush around frantic, fearful, judgmental of others, we exhaust ourselves, leaving ourselves depleted. Our energy just gets zapped, which results in depression, right? Lack of movement or inertia. We feel wiped out. We're all burnt out and if not, we just become overly sensitive, restless, and stressed. Our current climate of being in one, you know, as one is we're isolated all the time, even before the pandemic started. We're seeing this even more now. The individual way of thinking, me versus us, have sent us down this rabbit hole. We're all here on the blue dot. So it goes on in one country we see clearly comes to us one way or another. That's the beauty of seeing what's happened in this pandemic. We're all connected. So individual ways of thinking and behaving contribute to the isolation and depressive concepts. Loneliness and depression go hand in hand. And this has been brought in our forefront during this pandemic. So we need to ultimately boost our energy. The individualistic concept takes more than me saying it since it's our fabric of our culture, but we must start by taking and talking about our energy. That is something that's within our reach right now because depression is low energy. We need to boost our energy and get it flowing, circulating. As I said, depression is nothing but low energy in the mind or at a psychological level that manifests physically as it starts. Just as we have periods of low physical energy, particularly as a consequence of excessive activity as we started, we also have periods of low mental energy as a consequence, as I said, of too much mental and emotional work or stimulation. Becoming, we become physically tired, low energy, we lack movement. We eat food that doesn't suit our biochemistry. And if we look on a psychological level, our low energy results from not engaging our mind of poor nutrition, for example, like nutrition for the mind, like gossip, judgment, and other, other things that occur that are really negative for us. And our physical and mental energy gets reduced. And so we want to really be 
developing a the proper protocol around any things that are coming up now. You know, how many of us exercise our minds in creative and intelligent ways rather than follow mindless mass entertainments? Have we examined this mental nutrition that I'm talking about? What are we taking in through our senses? Are we watching news, programs of violence, destruction, negative emotions that are maybe we get entertained by all of this? Or are we focused on where we could move positively to engage in a healing force for the universe? What are we choosing? We need to build up our psychological and physical immunity. I've done enough episodes on building physical immunity as well as psychological immunity. Depression is an indication of weakened immunity, whether it be psychological or physical. And if we're suffering from depression, we have to really look at where we're being deprived. Where are we depriving ourselves? You know, everything has been reduced during this pandemic. So in order to move through this, to ride that wave, we need to focus our attention on our strengths and enforce them, build our strengths with solid habits and learn to turn our attention away from feeling blue and depressed. Because the more we feed our depressed feelings, the stronger they get. Again, I can attest to this. Depression can teach us. It's taught me when I work with people who experience low energy and even stress related depression, we look at depression from the inside out rather than going to look at it as I'm going to remove a bad thing. There's nothing bad going on. It's not the enemy. It's not a pathogen to be destroyed. It's not something coming from the outside. We have to learn and work with our daily habits and work with what's causing it within our own being. Depression is a gift. It's been a gift for me in that it allowed me to reflect on what I was doing in my life, how we're thinking, how we're operating. We have to keep in mind that we see what we see on social media, everyone. Let me tell you this. It's Shangri-La. I speak to people all over the world. I work with people and what I'm seeing their posts are not reflecting what they're reflecting on social media. It's an illusion. Depression is everywhere. I'm not promoting depression by, by any means here. It's, it's just there. Shangri-La does exist, but when it does exist, we're actually displaying other things on social media by look at how happy I am. It's just, you don't have to say it when you are, that's the key. Depression like pain may be a symptom of a deeper problem, and it is. It may be telling us that there's something unfulfilling or even wrong in our lives. Forget about posting on social media, Shangri-La. Start working with yourself and start reaching out so that you can be the light for others. You don't need to be feeling that feeling of burden and that you're the only one because certainly you're not. That's my point here. You're not the only one feeling that. Also, please keep in mind, depression may be spiritually based and without meditation practice or deeper values, the external world will eventually leave anyone feeling empty, depleted, and without any value of your own. Our depression may also show us that we're too dependent on the external world or external happiness. And believe me, I'm bringing this up now because I've gotten to really look at this during this whole pandemic within myself. Yes, happiness is there, but can, it's fleeting. It's fleeting when we're not so rooted within who we are. 
we can't have a relationship that makes us happy, a job that makes us happy, friends that make us happy until we're happy within ourselves. So what is my treatment and what I use with students and clients for depression or low energy? First, I approach it from a behavioral perspective. It's based on our natural healing, not artificial substances, not stimulation. Anything lacking in our pranic field or our life force does not have a long run to raise our spirits. So we have to really work in the pranic field. And I'm bringing up some courses in the fall that I'll be doing to really raise the pranic vibration that we have. Prana is our life force. We could call it chi or ki, depending on what tradition you're from. We must learn to withdraw from our external stimulation and develop our own internal creativity, motivation, and discipline. As scary as that sounds, but it's just a way to develop what we want in life. What do we want to accomplish? We need to detach if we're depressed and move on to new levels of our awareness. Challenge our fears. You know, depression may also hide our deeper fears. So without challenging our fears, depression may shadow us all along with them. Again, this has been my awareness during this last year and a half that I share with the community. So the steps that I've come up with to move through this wave of depression is one, we must learn to withdraw from external stimulation and develop our own internal motivation, creativity, and discipline. And I teach that in all the courses, the books that I write, they're all about creativity, motivation, and moving through with a disciplined mind. We must accept who we are and take responsibility for this. We're beautiful with whoever we are. And let's just take responsibility for it and move forward together as a we, as an us, not an I. We must begin to cultivate deeper levels of awareness, especially in times when we're encouraged to seek out personal enjoyment and achieve outer success. And that's what's happening now. Oh, buy this, do this. This will make you happy. It's all false illusion. Learn to turn within, develop yourself, and you will be happy forever. Four, we must give up the chemical model of behavior and accept that our mind is, our, is rooted in our values, actions, and motivations. That doesn't say don't use the chemical model, but don't use it as the basis for who you are as your root of existence. Five, we must stop blaming our bodies, our parents, our society, and, you know, for who we are right now, we have to empower our inner being. Our inner being gets discovered through focused awareness, and that comes through meditation. I'm a proponent of that. I will be coming out even stronger with meditate, meditate, meditate. Build up your emotional and mental resilience. That's what we need right now. We need to heal the damage that we've created as a society as a whole that has affected all of us on an individual and a collective conscious level. Keep in mind that behavioral changes are not apt to happen immediately. It's not going to happen. There's no quick pill. However, we could take this step together. I'm here. I will teach you. I will bring it out and be that lead of positive change so that we could become aware of our lifestyle behaviors and begin to acknowledge and work slowly with them methodically every day. 
All of this can be done when you enlist in self-transformation. I've programmed this outline, I've outlined this program in my book, Return to Radiance, a 21-day transformation program. You could start there, Feeling Good Matters, or you can join us, join our community. Any of the upcoming classes that are coming in September, or even our meditation classes that are already online. But as I always say, do your research. If it feels right to you, come forward. See what feels right for you. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Before closing, I'd like to just say I am hosting courses coming in the fall, Paths to Greater Resilience for those that want to learn about stress and mental health issues, and clinics to strengthen our mind, those that want to up-level their meditation. So again, do your research. And that brings us to the ends of this episode. And if you'd like to get the podcasts automatically, they're available on your favorite podcast apps like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and others. Just visit susantaylor.org, click on the subscribe button, and it'll take you there to subscribe wherever you like. Also, check out our YouTube channel, Susan Taylor PhD TV, where you can subscribe on the channel to get notifications on new content. And if you haven't done so already, I really encourage you to check out Feeling Good Matters or Return to Radiance on Amazon. These books do outline programs. Again, I provide a path to practice, not just academic knowledge and just fluff ideas on how you can feel better. I actually will give you skillful sets of exercises and activities, practices to really get started. And it's a perfect gift. Some of you have already done that for your friends and your family. Contact us at susantaylor.org with any questions, comments, or feedback on any of these episodes. I will be broadcasting and I continue to broadcast all questions and comments. In fact, today's topic came from you, the community, on depression. And I hope it served all of you well. And again, thanks for sharing this. I appreciate it. It helps build the community. And also, thanks for listening. Until next time, everyone, as I always say, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.